lane, 15-10, touchdown Chargers! What's up guys, welcome into a brand new episode of Chargers Weekly as the Bolts head to Lambeau Field this Sunday. Coming off a very entertaining game, uh, a difficult loss, 41-38 to the Detroit Lions. And Money, if you can believe it, we sit here in mid-November. I think every single team, save for maybe the Tennessee Titans and the New England Patriots, are in this playoff hunt. Uh, they're either in it or a game back of the seventh seed. I, I don't think that in a million years I would envision Burrow, Herbert, and Allen being on the outside looking in at this point, though. Well, that's the good news, I guess, right? Yeah. Is that everybody's kind of beat up on each other. The, the Broncos knocking off the Bills on Monday night was huge uh, just because you get to play both those teams. You know, the Broncos twice and the Bills once at home. So that still gives you an opportunity. The Browns beating the Ravens, huge. You get to play them at home and, and try to get that tiebreaker. The Jets are ahead of you. Um, or, you know, with those teams that are ahead of you that you knocked off in the AFC – that's where nine and eight can come into play is get those head to head wins. Problem is when you start getting into three way tiebreakers and we got three nine and eight teams, well, then the conference record comes into play and that's when you can find yourself in some trouble. So, you know, you said it, Chris, right there, Tennessee, there's that's when it. you miss, there's always one game that you circle. And, and that's the second it happened. We said, oh man, this is a bad loss. This team is not good, and you allowed them to just hang around and play Tennessee football. You didn't put your foot on their throat, and you get that three and out in overtime, and, and that's the one that haunts you. Instead of being five and four, you're four and five, and that just means you know you got to get a win over the Lions. You've got to get a win over the Dolphins. You've got to get a win over the Chiefs. You know, And then what's remaining now, the Ravens, Bills, Chiefs, Like you've got to pick up a win in there, and that's – that's what's got to happen now, and and I don't, I don't think nine and eight's going to do it. I just don't. I no. think it's going to be ten and seven. So that means the Chargers got to go six and two to close this thing out after starting four and five. And that's I think a tall order for for the way this team has played. Uh, you know, just to be totally realistic, I think it is a tall. They have got to change the way they're playing football if they expect to go six and two over these final eight games. And they got to get on the same page. They got to play complimentary football. You know, you know, the the offense without Joshua Palmer and Mike Williams and Corey Lindsley, Justin Herbert's making it happen. Keenan Allen, I don't know what Monster else we can, say, we can say about him. He's an All Pro this year, and I don't care if they they vote him an All Pro. He's an All Pro this year. He's that good. Um, but defensively, again, forty one points um, can't do that. You can, that can, it can't happen against no. anybody. And I, I get it. The Lions. Maybe as stacked as anybody offensively. We talk about all the weapons that we talked about last week. Uh, but after coming off the Jets and, and Bears, like we knew that what that was, right? Those are inferior opponents that you're supposed to beat. Yeah. But to, to allow 41 points to anybody in the NFL with the talent that they have on defense, it cannot happen, especially when you have these got to have a games. And frankly, that was one of them. You know, there's it's 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 Big Twelve football. You know, can you get me two stops? And they yeah. got them two, but they need two stops. That's what the defense got in that game, two. Like that's that's crazy. You you can't. You got two losses on your ledger now when you scored thirty four and thirty eight points. You know, that this hurts. week the Chargers would have lost to two teams. You know, scoring thirty eight points, the Cowboys who put it on the Giants, 
and the team that they played, the Lions, who put 41. Otherwise, 38 points is the third most points scored this week in the NFL, and you get a loss out of it. And it's there's so many stats that are out there that people are pointing to, and, and it's understandable. The Chargers are a good team, and they're sitting at four and five. So between the you know Justin Herbert, 58 regular season games and one playoff game, and, and he scored – 1,502 points, and the defense has allowed 1,502 points, and he's 29 and 29. Yeah, that tells it. That, that, that tells you the story. You score a ton of points, 25.2, but your defense allows 25.2, and you're going to be 500, you know, and, and you're going to be 9 and 8, or you're going to be 8 and 9, and that's essentially what this team has been, you know, save that sweet four-game win streak they went on last year. So they've got to figure it out. And I know we could, we'll, you know, we'll dig deep into it. Uh, just kind of painting with a with broad strokes here. It's, you know, the other stat that got I saw posted is, you know, the 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 mean. Would it be the median or the mean? I think it would be the mean. Uh, points allowed in the NFL this year is twenty one. Uh, it's like twenty one, right? So that's smack in the middle, twenty one per game. If you the way they worded it was interesting. They said, okay, let's give the Chargers two points. Let's just say we'll give you two points above the mean, you know, and or below the mean, and you're allowing 23 per game. If you could just allow 23 per game, the Chargers are 7-2. and two. And that's two points more than the mean in the NFL. Like, that's how bad the defense has been this year. And it's just, I wanted to believe they found something, after the the second half of the Chiefs and those two games against the Bears and the Jets, they were just so dominating, creating turnovers, a ton of pressure, strip sacks. And a lot of it was that second half of the Chiefs. But then I started thinking about it after the Lions game. And I was like, you know what? The Chiefs offense isn't that good this year. They've really struggled this year. You know, like this, this is a buzzsaw. The Lions are. They're, they're probably the most balanced offense in the NFL running pass and just the way they block. And I think it's a reminder of just the issues that this this team has got to overcome on that side of the ball if they're going to have a chance to go six and two and, and try to get into this tournament and do something. Bajent, Zach Wilson, Aiden O'Connell, and Kirk Cousins before they got hot. Those are the four quarterbacks that they've beaten. Um, the running game, or the, the run defense rather, which has been pretty stout all year, Man, David, you don't see a lot of 75-yard touchdown runs in the NFL. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, what he did on the ground. I, I wanted to believe, too, that this defense turned the corner. But, Money, I don't know, I don't know what to say or what you attribute it to. When, when you have guys that can rush the passer, golf wasn't touched on Sunday. Not touched. Not touched at all. Um, the, the run defense... I mean, what happened? I, I, I just I, I don't know how you can come off of two games where you're on a national stage and you got the momentum and the defense to completely come out the the opposite way of what we saw those previous two weeks. Uh, even when you take into account the caliber of opponent, I just I, I think that a lot of Chargers fans are probably just wondering, hey, I, I don't know what to say anymore in terms of the D and, and how they can kind of get this thing back and reel it in. Like you said, six and two is a tall order, especially when you consider all the, the log jam that is like the uh, six to 13 in the AFC. If you go six and two, 
you know, it's it's very likely you probably beat the Ravens or the Broncos twice or the Bills, and, and you get those tiebreakers. But like you said, man, it's a, it's a very tall order at this point. I just have to acknowledge it because if somebody else out there is thinking the same thing, I want to let you know we're kindred, kindred spirits. You say log jam, and I think log jamming with Carl Hungus. I'll just leave it there. If you know what it is, great. If you don't, great. Um, you know what? Brandon Staley said it, so I'm just going to kind of back him up. Yeah, coaching let him down. Defense was like watching it back, man. It is it is frustrating. So on the seventy five yard run from Montgomery, the linebackers just get sucked in. Basically, you know, the line is blocking right, and both Kenneth and Kendricks get yanked that way. Derwin ends up getting blocked. Look, they block the hell out of it when they run. They're wide receivers. They pull guys, and they will block your ass. Uh, I watched Sewell send, and this is not something we see often. I saw him send Kenneth Murray into the freaking fifth row of the seats. He blocked him so hard on one of those runs. But the Montgomery, that's that's basically a brain cramp by the defense. They all got sucked on that pull, and it left the backside open. Derwin got sealed off. Aloe was too far back, and it was just too late. They couldn't recover. So that sort of on Murray and Kendricks to figure out, all right, who's making sure we don't get burned on the backside of this, and neither of them were there. Uh, And Thule was just too far out, and he got blocked out of the play. But, man, it's... I don't even know where to start. So, Buddy, like you too, can't just, allow these. Before yeah, you, yeah. Before you go on, just Amon Ross St. Brown too. You know, we've seen so we've that's seen th- these wide receivers all year long go for big, big numbers. Eight for one fifty-six and a touchdown on nine targets. Yeah. So, Eight all right. So let's go targets. there, Chris. Let's go to that. There's multiple. There's two of those plays that I just can't make sense of it. I can't. I don't. I don't know how. You decide to blitz off of Amon Ra when in, in the it, 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 all right. So they blitz Dean off of I think it was no. They blitz Ja off of Amon Ra in one of those big plays. He's got no chance. He has got no chance of getting to Jared Goff. So now Amon Ra's got a free release, and all Jared Goff wants to do is operate in the middle of the field. And you know when Dean came in for Michael Davis, he did a great job initially of playing a ton of inside leverage, just shoving these guys, I should say outside leverage, and just shoving these guys outside. Do not let them get in breakers. That's what he wants. And then you start watching some of these plays, and it's like, what are what are we blitzing off of Amon Ross St. Brown for? You're not going to get their number one. You know they had one where he had Khalil Mack wide, where he wanted him to chip St. Brown. So that's what he does. You know, he kind of just gets a little bit of a shove on him. And the next thing you know, nobody picks him up. He's just wide open, streaking across the middle of the field. It's, he's, he's lined up to Jared Goff's left in the slot. Matt gives him a shove. He just, it's an inbreaker, and there's nobody there. And it just ends up crossing the middle of the field for 35 yards. You know, on that touchdown pass, everybody, t- like, they run Brock Wright in motion, all right? Their third tight end. They run him in motion from left to right. And I got three guys taking the cheese. I've got Kendricks, Ja, and Murray all pointing at him, like in a fire drill, following him. And nobody is staring at the number one weapon on this team, St. Brown, who just takes that quick screen. And there's nobody left. Everybody's watching right in motion, trying to figure out, okay, who's going to pick him up? What, what are the rules? Who, uh, what, what do we do now? And it's just, you can't, you've got to stop. 
It's got to stop. On the Khalif Raymond play, the the first play when they, you know, got that giant chunk to start the final drive that iced yeah. the game. Jo- oh, man. The ball is on the right hash, all right? If you're the Lions and you're operating left to right, it's on the right hash. of the, the That's where the ball is, okay? Imagine the, the Lions are on offense. The ball is on the right hash, all right? So I'm speaking from the perspective of the Lions. Ja is lined up between the left hash and the numbers from the perspective of the Lions. I hope this paints a picture for people's minds eye that are listening to the pod only. When that ball is snapped, he is... He's got to be at least 25 yards from Jared Goff. And he is blitzing from that position. Right hash is where the ball is snapped. He is between the left hash and the numbers, five yards off the line of scrimmage. And they call a blitz from him. So he comes, has zero chance of getting home. I mean, less than zero, if that's possible, chance of getting home. And what happens is it clears out that left side. Well, Leonard is 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. Khalif Raymond just immediately cuts it on an inbreaker, cuts inside, and is streaking across the middle of the field. It's cleared out because you got two guys running downfield on that opposite side where Ja blitzed from. So now the other corner and the safety take those two players, and there's nobody there. And you've got Dean Leonard guarding 30 yards of grass with nobody there and you've got Eric Kendricks paying attention to Jared Goff's eyes as Khalif Raymond streaks right by him, and that thing goes for 70 yards or whatever it was, 50 yards, you know, to get that thing started and put him into field goal position. Like, those are the plays that I've got to believe they go back and watch and go, we can't do this. Like, both of these blitzes from these from, from the corners, you know, from John, from Dean, failed miserably and led to explosive plays. Week so 10. that's, yeah. You know, th- that's the thing, though. It- it's it's week 10 right now. And, you know, I-, I honestly, I don't think Charger fans want to even hear about playoffs right now, right? It- it's it's just one game at week a time week. right now to even get back into the conversation, uh, starting with Green Bay. Let- let's touch on the offense a little bit because I thought after that interception, I mean, it, it was a Justin Herbert game, man. 323 yards, four touchdowns. Um, you know, still kind of a, a slog uh, running the football, 19 for 67 for Austin Eckler. I mean, I think the the most frustrating part about this money is you waste an 11 for 175 and two touchdown performance from Keenan Allen, who who got hurt, came back, scored another touchdown. Uh, and when you see Justin Herbert play the way he he has, especially in games that he's got to have at games, it becomes increasingly frustrating because you're always going to be in a game when number 10 is your quarterback. Look at every loss. Look at every loss, save for yeah. Kansas City. And even that they were in that game. Uh, I think that's what what's most frustrating is because he, Justin is has adapted to life without Mike Williams, um, to life without Joshua Palmer last Sunday, to life without Corey Lindsley, your all-pro center, and he puts up 38 points. Jalen Guyton yeah. scores a touchdown. Quentin Johnson gets his first touchdown of the year. So he, he's trying to work with what he's got outside of Keenan and Austin, and he's doing it. And yet, like you said, 38 points would beat every single team in the NFL except for the Cowboys and Lions. And, and here we are, four and five, 
with, with a matchup uh, against uh, Jordan Love at Lambeau Field. Uh, I have no doubt that, that Justin's going to show up to that, but um, I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah, their offense stinks. So, it, it, look, if they lose that game, it's that's it, it's yeah. a disaster. You know, yeah, they, exactly. sh- they should win that game. They should win that game handily. The Packers are not very good this year, um, specifically in the passing game. And and they ought to be able to – the Chargers ought to be able to score on them. Um, never know. You know, you never know. But um, just going back to, to what we were saying, I, I want to give Shannon credit, Shannon Farron, who does our sidelines, because she, you know, let our producer know, hey, let me in real quick. And so we, we popped – you know, we, we got her mic up and she mentioned after the, the defense held the, the Lions uh, to that turnover on downs at that goal line stand. Remember, they went three and out and Herbert had two bad passes. Remember, he kind of he dirtballed two of them, just kind of was aiming and was just kind of not quite sure what he wanted to do. And you had those two incompletions and came off the field and I didn't see it because it was on the bench. But Shannon popped on and she said, I have not seen Herbert this angry in a while. He slammed his helmet down. He kind of ran his fingers through his hair and was just really upset, like emotionally upset about that particular series. I think because he knows a lot of it was on him. You know, those were two open receivers and he just didn't quite deliver the passes he needed to to get that first down. Uh, And that was it, dude. That was the switch. If you look at what the Chargers did after that punt, it is touchdown, 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 touchdown. Like that was... That was freaking Herbert going extreme mode. Like, okay, that ain't happening again. And that's how good that dude – I thought it was his best game. You know, everybody will point to the, the Minnesota game because he barely had any incompletions. He was blitzed on 80% of his passes. But it was just a poor performance. You know, look, it was an exceptional performance by Justin and Keenan. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it was just a poor performance by Brian Flores and how he approached that. They, he and Keenan were just able to pick that thing apart when they were zero blitzing seemingly all the time. So – you know, this one, he's under pressure. He's got to move. He's got to change his release points. Like you said, he's got to throw passes to Quentin Johnston, to to Jalen Guyton for touchdowns. You know, that fourth down pass, you want to talk about trust. Quentin's got three drops in the game, three drops. And yeah, he got bailed out by those PI calls, but those should have been catches. Those are passes that are hitting him in the hands. He's one to the house. to catch those balls. One to the house. Yeah, one to the house. And just flat out drop. He's got to be better. It's like, come on, dude. It's week 10. You've, you're an NFL player now. You, you've got to catch those balls. And and again, this is something I saw. After that one he dropped that he could have taken to the house, Herbert went over, put his arm around him, gave him a little encouragement, like, hey, let's go. But And I think this speaks to what I keep saying. I hope it's a turning point. You know, trusted him on fourth down. Threw him a freaking laser into the end zone. He caught it. It's a touchdown. So, you know, it was Justin's best game of the year. It's his best game that we've seen in a while. Just considering the circumstances, knowing that the, every one of those drives was got to have it. Yeah. Defense could not stop the Lions. The defense did not show up. So it was all on Herbert. And, man, did he deliver. It was, it was impressive. I mean, it was damn impressive. And uh, to, to have the weapons that he had in that game versus the Minnesota game, too. Remember, Mike Williams was in that right. game. Corey Lindsley was the in first that half, game. Yeah. Joshua Palmer was in that game and scored a touchdown. You know, Gerald Everett leaves in the first half of this game, too. We, we thought that Gerald could have a, a, a good game because, you know, Detroit has, has given up some, some yards to tight ends. Um, Parham ended up just having two for 18. Um, 
it was good to see Jalen Guyton involved. It, it was kind of shades of uh, a couple of years ago, late in the season, where he had a, a couple of big catches in Cincinnati and New York. And um, I think Justin really trusts him. So uh, that that pass that he threw to Jalen was beautiful too. Um, it was for for a touchdown. Um, it didn't matter though, Chris. You know, like it just offensively didn't matter who was yeah. in, who was out. They scored thirty eight points. That's you know, the right. run game. And, you know, it's nice to see Austin get over four yards per carry. You know, a couple big runs in there for sure um, to keep it balanced, to keep the play action working. But, you know, ultimately, this is a defense game. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a defense let you down game. Like you said, no pressure. And what did we say going into this game? You know, what's the key? Heat up Jared Goff. He doesn't like getting hit. He doesn't like when the pocket gets muddy. If you keep it clean, he's a damn good quarterback. And, man, was it clean all afternoon. It was clean, and the problem was they rarely blitzed. So they're only rushing four, which means you got seven guys in coverage. And when you're watching these seven guys, one, Aloe is out of the picture. Like, he's out of the frame when you're watching the All-22. He's so far back. He's playing so, so high. And it's like, it's not fair to him. It's just not fair to Aloe to give Amon Ra free release, and now he's streaking across the middle of the field, and Gilman's got to be the guy that's responsible for him. It's like, stop getting hit with the right hand. You've got to chip that. What should have happened is he is he is manned up on every play, and that is where Aloe Gilman is shaded. He is That's what it is. It's two guys for one, and that's what you should have had. And instead, he's got a couple free releases, and Aloe Gilman is constantly trying to catch up to him. And it's just not fair to him. That's not the way that thing should be played. And I know Mikey Davis went down early. He wasn't feeling well. You know, and you, you, you tip your cap to him for giving it a go, you know, and then you see him down on the sideline with a towel over his head and a bucket in front of him. That's how bad it was. Yeah. And yet he tried to make it happen. But like I said, when Dean Leonard came out, man, he had a couple really nice reps. Uh, one against Williams, one against Reynolds. But... To me, it's scheme. It really is, Chris. I hate to say it, but it is. Like these guys, I can't tell you how many of these passing plays, I'm just watching linebackers trying to catch up or standing there flat-footed. On that fourth and two to, to Laporta, they're playing zone. It's fourth and two, and they're playing zone. And Laporta just comes streaking across the middle. Kendricks points at him and watches him run by. He crosses the eyes of Kenneth Murray, who is just fixated on Jared Goff. It's a fourth and two. It's the game. Like, and then he just gets past Kenneth, squats, flashes his numbers, passes there, game's over. Like, that's not the defense to play there. I'm sorry. It's just not because well, the, we've seen it too often. Money, the Lions thought the same thing because when you go for it on fourth down, what, how, five times? Were they four or five on fourth down? Yeah, four or five. So, Chargers were three or three. Yeah, <laughs> combined they were seven of eight, and the Chargers were three of three with three touchdowns on fourth down. How about that? <laughs> what a weird game! But the Lions, right? the Lions had uh, no problem going for it on fourth down. That, that has to be demoralizing for a defense when you know that the offense knows they're going to execute when it when it counts. Um, How about this? I heard a weird one. Uh, I got to credit Scott Hansen. I ended up going over to NFL Network after the game because traffic was so bad, and, and DJ and I were hanging out there, and, and Scott had just got off red zone. And we were talking about the game, and he said, did you know the stat on, on Dan Campbell for fourth down? I said, no. What, what is it? He said, since Dan Campbell had been hired by the Lions, he has gone for it on fourth down coming into this game, right? So you add the four, you add the five that he went for it here. 
So if you include the game against the Chargers, he has gone for it on fourth down 105 times. It's not like the second place coach is not even near him. Like that's that's his MO. That's what he does. They just yeah. go for it on fourth down all the time. And my gosh, it has got to be emboldening to, you know, and empowering to that offense that he's got that sort of belief in you. And that's probably why they keep getting it. He's like, yeah, I don't care. I know we got stuffed on the goal line last time on that fourth and goal, but whatever, let's do it again and again and again and again. And it's a really good offense. I don't want to pretend like, you know, they got 41 points because they're not good. They are, you know, they are they're a good awesome. offense, but the defense didn't, the, the, the defense did not play well. Um, they didn't play well. And man, yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll, well, I'll, it's, I'll pause you know, there. I had some people in my mentions today, cause you know, you, you look at the playoff picture right now. Uh, I guess it's Dorian Thompson Robinson now would be preparing for a postseason yeah. game. Kenny Pickett and CJ Stroud. Yeah, it's just it's further proof that you can have a top five quarterback, but you got to play as a team and you have to be sound in all three phases all the time. You got to play complimentary football every single week. And, you know, for for all the heat that Matt Canada gets in Pittsburgh, they're six and three. Right. And uh, and and they're they're kind of ascending a little bit more offensively. Defensively, they're awesome. Um, The Browns, their defense. It's carrying the awesome. day every single week, every single week, um, you know, and, and the Texans, you know, they, they've caught lightning in a bottle with their young quarterback and the, their defense led by D'Amico Ryans uh, is playing good football. So uh, it, it's, it is a, a, a reminder that you can have a quarterback and a quarterback is going to keep you in games. Justin Herbert keeps them in games every single Sunday, Monday right. night, Thursday night, whatever the day is. Um, but, this defense has got to show up when it matters. Um, I, we're, we're kind of beating a dead horse at this point, and I, and I feel like we've gotten to the point of the season where it's just like you, you do kind of put your throw your hands up a little bit and say, hey, if it's going to happen, um, it's going to happen now, and it has to happen against uh, a good offense. And that's what we'll probably see in two weeks. Like, like you said, it, it, it won't even matter if they lose to Green Bay. They shouldn't lose to Green Bay in that offense. Um, you know, so they should not lose a road game this year, the rest of the year, Chris, that's, that's like, that's the good news. Yeah. You know, they are not well, you playing know what, any Denver's, juggernaut. Denver's ascending now, you know, I, I yeah, they like are they, no doubt. And it's a tough place to play. Out. That's a good point. So that's, yeah. that's a good point. They, they typically split with Denver every year. They're ascending their defense is finally coming around and starting to play well under Vance Joseph. The offense is doing just enough, you know, to, to balance it out. Um, but, you know, you got three road games uh, against the Patriots, who I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're in a race to the bottom at this point. Like, hey, we're out of it. Yeah. Clearly, Mac Jones is not the guy. He's been benched. Let's, let's make sure we're in position. No doubt. To get Drake May or Caleb Williams. Let's, that, let's, let's see if we can get this. State. Like, that's, I know it's not, you know, no, that they would never say that publicly. It's too tough of a game to, to, to wave a white flag like that. But so you've got them, you've got the Packers who, like I said, they have just been anemic all season long. Uh, you ought to be able to take care of that. Obviously the Raiders, I know, you know, I, they're, it's the Jets and the Giants. This is the, this is where we're going to find out what they are. You know, yeah. they've got Dolphins, Chiefs, Vikings, Chargers, like this is where it starts to get a little bit more tough for them. Um, yeah, and the then, cigars. Maybe I don't know if they'll pack the cigars for the trip to Miami. Yeah. Hey, look. I hope it works. Knock yeah. them off. 
You know, let, 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 let's teams with the, the lower, with the, with the less lower records, let's go take out the higher records. Uh, we're all about it. I hope they keep, cause they have a chance, the Chargers have a chance to sweep them then. So it's an opportunity. Certainly. Uh, we, we are Raider fans, no doubt about it. Keep winning, man. You know, at five and five, that's, that's what we're all about. Don't let the teams that are seven and two and six and three, keep piling up wins and pull, continue to pull away from you. So, you know, that, and, and then you should win games at home. Like, you got to win these games at home. Lost to the Cowboys at home. Lost to the Dolphins at home. Lost to the Lions at home. Okay, now beat some good teams at home. Beat the Ravens. Beat the Bills. You know, win those two games. They got to go 6-2. and two, So that's the schedule, right? Your home games are the Chiefs in Week 17. And who knows what that's going to look like. You know, if, that's, if they're still fighting for the one seed or if the Chargers can crawl back into this thing and maybe the Chiefs do have a couple slip-ups like they nearly did you know, a week ago or whatever, not before the bye, but like that's that. So that's one home game, right? You got the Broncos at home and then you've got the Ravens and the bills. So, and I mentioned the road games save Denver. You're probably going to be favored in at least three of those four, depending on how how Denver plays by the time we get there on new year's Eve. Don't know what that's going to look like. It's, it's there. It's not like, it's not, it's not the schedule I think that the Raiders are staring at, right? If I'm trying to put it in perspective, like if I'm if I'm the Raiders and I see, okay, we're five and five, how are we feeling, you know, about going te- about going five and two the rest of the way? And I look at their schedule and I see, okay, uh, at Miami, Kansas City, Minnesota, Chargers, at Kansas City, at Indy, like. I'm like, okay, that's a little bit tougher to go five and two. You know, for the Chargers, you can make the six and two case, right? Like it's it's there to make the case of, okay, win at Green Bay, win at New England. You know, now you're at seven. Where are your other three? Denver at home. Now you're at eight. You know, at Denver, at Raiders. Okay, one, like get one of those. Now you're at nine. And then can you get, you know, the Denver, Baltimore, you know, what can you win out of the Denver, Baltimore, KC, Buffalo at home? Yeah. Like, it's there. You can see it. So, that's... You mentioned, you mentioned the first potential gift, which is in New England. Like, you know, there's no reason to, to lose that Patriots team. Um, week 18 could be another gift. The, the Chiefs could that's be resting I mean. everybody, right? So, that that could be your, uh, your second gift in the back half of the year. Um, I just want to make this one point, too, because we're going to talk about Baltimore, obviously, next week, because that's a huge game. Um, they they score 38 points against the Lions, too. <laughs> the problem is they, uh, they allowed yeah. six points to Detroit. Right. So, like, I, I, I got to go back and, and, and look at that game further. I, I know that, uh, you know, playing in that in that environment, like Justin did a couple of years ago, it's not easy to go to Baltimore and win a game, but... Um, to, to beat them 38 to six just makes you wonder like, man, how did, how did 41 points get put up on the chargers on Sunday? Right. Yeah. I think with, with Baltimore too, just kind of looking forward to that game, which we can do, they won't, but we can do is, you know, L- Lamar, his entire career has been apt to make a backbreaking mistake late in the game. You know, he did it against Pittsburgh and he did it again against Cleveland. They had that game. That game was one. And he throws a pick six, you know, it's tipped at the line of scrimmage. So it's a little bit, you know, different than just, you know, freaking guiding one right between the numbers to the opponent. But still, you know, he threw that one across his body into the end zone that should have been, you know, a touchback. But there was penalty on that play. But like Lamar gets a little wonky 
late in games. So, and I bring that up just because the Chargers have been in all of these games. You know, there's one game this season that they weren't in, and that's the Chiefs, you know, and, and that really was just one play, right? It was the 51-yard punt return that, that made it a two-score game that they couldn't overcome. But for the most part, for, you know, three and a half quarters, that's a 24-17 game, and they're, they're fighting for it. So, you know, Lamar, it, it can get a little loose with it if the game yeah. is tight. And so that, I think, is something to, to sort of think about. If the Chargers can keep this thing close, can that defense, which has been very opportunistic last week notwithstanding, all season long at creating turnovers, um, they can get back to it. So, but again, they've got to figure out a way to stop the run, you know, and, you know, like, I think there's two ways to look at that Detroit game, and it depends you know, how you want to do Because, look, the explosives happen. They happen. But, yeah, it was just a weird run by David Montgomery for 75 yards where Kenneth just got sucked in and was supposed to mind that gap that he ended up finding. You know, he went to the wrong run fit. He and Kendricks went to the same, you know, to the same hole. And had he just kind of stayed on that backside, that thing maybe goes for five yards. But it happened. But you look at the other runs, and they did a pretty good job on quite a few, especially in the second half. They were really able to shut down that run game. So, you know, maybe, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what you take away from it. I wish the, I wish. The problem I had is, right like, you, you know, it's like you could say, hey, we shut them down except for these two plays, but they, they, right. those two plays count. Those two plays happen, counts. and they count. Yeah. The, the 35-yard uh, run by Jameer uh, Gibbs counts. Exactly. The 46-yard long by Amon Ross St. Brown. The 41-yard from Khalif Raymond. So uh, the 24-yard the from Gibbs through the air. Sam Laporta for 19. I mean, just big plays all day. Um, and depending yeah. on when you guys are listening to this, um, a huge game Thursday night uh, between Cincinnati and Baltimore before the Ravens get a few extra days uh, and, and come to L.A. So, you know, we should we should see kind of – what that AFC North looks like entering um, that next week. But let's take a quick break and we will uh, just touch on the Packers for a bit. All right, guys, a big thank you to our partner, Microsoft Surface, the official sideline technology provider and laptop of the NFL and the Los Angeles Chargers that provides players and coaches with the tools to succeed both on and off the field. Check out the powerful Surface Pro 9, combining the power of a laptop with the flexibility of a tablet. At surface.com. VIP ticket packages for the first ever Super Bowl in Las Vegas are now on sale. And only on location offers all inclusive experiences worthy of the entertainment capital of the world. Ticket packages boast an array of offerings, such as premium seating to the game, epic pregame parties with headline talent, NFL legend appearances, premium drinks and fare, and much more. Visit NFLOnLocation.com or search NFL On Location today. Your football experience of a lifetime awaits only with On Location. All right, buddy, so it's Green Bay. Uh, Jordan Love versus Justin Herbert, uh, quarterbacks drafted in the first round 2020. They actually worked out together in Costa Mesa before the draft. So uh, this will be another uh, fellow rookie in that class that Justin Herbert will go up against for the first time. Uh, losing to the Steelers 23-19 last week. They've had some close games against uh, the Raiders and Atlanta, and, you know, they beat a Rams team with Brett Rippon and uh, 
uh, I forget who was even the, I think it was Royce Freeman was the running back for the Rams that yeah. day. So um, they've gotten beaten pretty good at home by the likes of the Vikings and Lions in their division. Uh, point blank, a, a game that they should win. So, you know, just going through their schedules, I'm looking at it just off screen here. You know, this is very similar to the Jets and the Bears, right? Here, here's the Packer point totals. 19, 20, 10, 17, 13, 20, 18. There's your last six weeks or seven weeks of games. You're talking about a team that struggles to score 21 points. So it's, it's an opportunity for the Chargers to get out there, to put it on, you know, to put it on them. And something that we talked about with the, with the Jets game and with the Bears game Put your foot on their throat. Get up two-plus scores in the fourth quarter and get some rest because, again, the schedule makers did them no favors. You know, how many mini-buys can they face and how many full buys? You know, they're coming off a Monday night or the Lions are coming off a buy. They take on the Chiefs who are coming off a mini-buy from Thursday night. Well, now they're going to take on the Ravens who are coming off a mini-buy because they're playing, you know, Thursday night against the, the, the Bengals. So, like... You know, try to. This is this is not a good team. They're just not. They're they're not a good offensive team. The Chargers are. They are a good offensive team. They ought to be able to put up their twenty-five to thirty-one points, and try to do it quickly, so you could get some guys some rest. Get Keenan out of the game. Get Eckler out of the game. You know, get Joey and and Khalil some rest. So that and Derwin, so they can gear up for what's going to be a very physical contest against the Ravens. I know that's, you know, overlooking an opponent and belittling an opponent and stuff, but you're talking about nine games of, of a resume, you know, nine out of 17, we kind of know what teams are, right? So they, they haven't run the ball. Well, they haven't thrown the ball. Well, like they, they haven't protected. Well, Jordan love is not taking care of the football. Well, like there's just, there's, there's an opportunity there. The defense is still solid. It's still a pretty darn good defense. They rush the passer well. Um, but, like, I don't know, you know, I don't know what else to say other than I think this is one where I'm hoping you can have an eye on Sunday night against the Ravens and recognize, okay, they're going to be on a 10-day rest schedule. We're going to be on a 7-day rest schedule flying across the country on Sunday Let's let's try to get these guys, you know, a blow for that fourth quarter if we can. Yeah. Well, we could talk about it. I I hope they're not overlooking the Packers. I, I really hope no, that they're not. No, I don't think they will. They know. Yeah. Because Jordan Love, listen, it, it'll come down to turnovers. Can they turn the ball over? Can they get to Jordan Love? I, I think the, the Steelers only got to him once uh, in that game. And he has, he has had moments, right? He has had moments with his wide receivers. Uh, Musgrave yeah. has come on. Uh, the, the rookie Jaden Reed, uh, had a 46 yard, uh, reception last week. So he can get the ball to his receivers. Now you're right. They they haven't scored any points. Um, this, this feels like a Tennessee like game. Like, uh, like I, I think that they're, uh, up in class. He's thrown 10 picks, you know, he's thrown 10 picks. Yeah. That's a lot of picks. So, so turn the ball over. So get the ball. Um, this, this seems to me that it's. Jordan Love is is a step up in class from Bajan and Aiden O'Connell 
and he, Zach Wilson, for sure. Right. So don't make him look even better than he is. I think that would be my only concern defensively right. because they uh, coming off that game, they're going to have to bounce back in a big way because if they play like that, they will make Jordan Love look comparable to Jared Goff, and that would spell bad news. That would mean that Justin Herbert on the road at Lambeau Field. I don't. I don't care if they're three and six or not. Uh, they're not. These teams are not as familiar with each other, but I'll tell you this, Brandon Staley and Matt LaFleur know each other pretty well, especially in that playoff game a few years ago when when Staley was the defensive coordinator too. So there is some familiarity there between those two guys. Um, It'll be an interesting matchup. Um, I I don't think it's a slam dunk game, and it it obviously has to be a must win for the Chargers if we're going to continue to to talk about these games down the stretch meaning something. I don't know. I, I think that's all I got. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, we know the money. They, they've struggled this year, but... Yeah, under four just... yards per carry, both of them. You got three touchdowns between them in nine games. The one thing that I'll say, because I wanted to make sure I was looking at the sack, he's only got 19, he's only taken 19 sacks this year in nine games, which is pretty solid, right? So you're talking about a little over two sacks per game. Um, and then you look at the O-line. The O-line's been good. I mean, I'm looking at pressures. Uh, you're talking about the two tackles, only giving up 20. 20 pressures a piece. That's low. You know, yeah. your pressure rate is at five and 6% for your tackles. So they can protect him. Um, you know, now we'll see what that looks like. And that, you know, if I just go, let me see, let me clear it out to see what they did last week against, you know, TJ Watt and, and Highsmith. And yeah, Walker gave up five pressures and Tom gave up three pressures. So that's pretty darn good. You, you got a Pittsburgh and you don't allow them to sack your quarterback. And, you know, it's, it's Watton and Highsmith. That's pretty impressive. So that's going to be the one thing, you know, if you want to circle, hey, what do, where do we make our bones? Make your bones by getting to the quarterback. Let's get some pressure on him. Let's, he's got 10 picks to just 14 touchdowns. He's completing just 58% of his passes. You know, try to get that. Let, let's, let's get a return to the pressure that disappeared against the Lions. Amen to that, man. Uh, what are you going to do in Green Bay uh, when you're up there on Saturday night? Um, you know what? I, if I had to guess, you know, whenever I would call games in Green Bay when I was doing it nationally, I would stay in Green Bay. Um, but if I had to get, I think the teams stay in Appleton, if I remember right. So I don't think it's going to be a night in Green Bay. And since I've already been there a bunch of times, you know, I don't feel the need to kind of get in there and, and go, go check the town out and walk around. So if I had to guess, we're probably going to Appleton is, yeah. uh, is what my what, what I'm assuming is going to happen. And because it's an early one, you know, it's that 10 a.m. Pacific. It's not the 1 p.m. where we're going to have to, I'm gonna have to be up pretty darn early to, to get over to the stadium and stuff. So I'm guessing, you know, look around for a nice little spot in, uh, in Appleton to watch, you know, watch the, uh, some of these rivalry games this week. Saturday night college football, some of the bigger games that are out there and see, um, you know, probably just hang around with DJ, eat some wings or some pizza. Or well, We had Tom Telesco on this week on, on Petros and Money like we do every week. And, and I had asked him what he was going to do. If he was going to eat some cheese curds or brats. And he was like, <laughs> it's just the most random answer. He's like, you know what? I'm a spaghetti and meatballs guy. <laughs> I thought it was just kind of weird. You know, it's like, hey, I'm a steak guy. You know, I like... You know, I like seafood or something. It was no, I like spaghetti and meatballs. But you know, his last name is Telesco, so you know he's leaning into his Italian heritage, I guess. But um, so maybe I'll go out with Tom and find some spaghetti and meatballs in Appleton. (laughs) 
Maybe get some endless pasta somewhere in in Appleton. Exactly. On Saturday. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you know, Lambo's a bucket list item for for so many people, and I know there'll be a lot of Charger fans there that have that have booked no that trip well in advance. So, um, it's it's one of those places where you walk in, you're like, okay, this is this is history. This is this is what the NFL is all about. It should be fun. Yeah, no doubt. All right, guys, it's going to do it for us. Uh, for money, I'm Chris. Uh, we'll see you next week as the Chargers take on the Ravens. In the meantime, got to get a win against the Pack. We'll see you soon.